Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a formal But that hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. So I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my love for reality TV does not stop with Bravo. I also love dance competition shows. I'm a sucker for them. I was a dancer growing up, so I would watch Dancing with the Stars with my mom and dream of being on the show. The costumes, the hot celebrity dance partners, the attention, like it was basically everything I could ever want. So today I'm living my childhood dreams with Lindsay Arnold, a Dancing with the Stars pro who recently announced her exit from the show after over a decade. But she still gives me all the tea on how she got on the show what she learned as a professional dancer. And we also talk about why there are always rumors. Like every season, I swear, everyone thinks that at least one dancing pro was cheating on their spouse with their celebrity dance partner. Like Dancing with the Stars has a good tea, you guys. I tell everybody, you got to get on for the drama. It's amazing. It's always good gossip. So Lindsay's filling the tea with me today. We also talked about her fitness journey and how her life and wellness changed when she became a mom. She left the show to focus on her family. And so we talk about the pressures that she felt in deciding between her work and her children and her future family. Lindsay is so sweet. This was a really interesting conversation and we had a lot of fun. So whether you're a Dancing with the Stars fan like me or not, you are going to get a lot out of the episode. Welcome Lindsay Arnold to the Every Girl Podcast. Your home looks beautiful, by the way. Like just the background of what I can see. Oh my God. Thank you. This is actually, so we just finished our basement. Like this is like brand new. So I'm spending as much time as I can down here because I'm just like in love. It feels like a new home. It's oh my been God. so fun. That's your basement. It looks stunning. Thank you. We love it. You clearly did a great job. It looks so good. Thank you. Thanks. I can't take all the credit, but I do feel like I helped a little bit, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lindsay, it is so great to meet you and to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the Every Girl Podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you as well. It's going to be so fun. So thank you for having me. Okay. So I want to start at the very beginning. How and when did you get into dance? Like, Take me back to your childhood. Okay. So kind of crazy because I feel like it's something that I should remember a lot more vividly, but my parents started me in dance when I was like barely four years old. So I don't really remember. And it's also crazy because neither of my parents were dancers and I was the oldest in the family. So it really was just something that like my mom was like, it was just another activity that I could put my busy four-year-old girl in. (laughs) And I ended up loving it. I did a lot of different things. I mean, they had me in soccer, dance, all the things. And it was so clear, like from the beginning that dance was my path. Like all those other things were just not my jam. Very bad at soccer. Just like, it was just so clear. So that's why they kept me in it. But it wasn't until I was about eight years old that I started to actually like really kind of take it seriously. That's when I like started competing. I got a ballroom partner, started competing in ballroom and really expanded to learning all styles. And from then on, it was like competitions every other weekend, dance a dance all day after school. And that's when I feel like it really became like serious. And that's when my parents were like, oh, whoa, this isn't just an activity for our kid anymore. This is something that she's really good at. So we're going to push it. Wow. So it really was from your passion. It's not like your parents were like, oh, we want to get you right into ballroom dancing. Like you just loved it. So then you kind of took on more and more. Exactly. That's exactly how it went. Cause yeah, neither of my parents were dancers. Very opposite actually. Like my dad was 
football player all growing up. My mom actually showed horses. She was a cheerleader. So I guess that's similar, but it is interesting. It wasn't like, cause I have a daughter. So everyone's like, are you going to have her do dance? And I'm like, only if she yeah. wants to, like, I feel like there are the parents that kind of like, you know, push it, but definitely with me, it was something that I just naturally gravitated to and then stuck with it. Cause that's the thing too, is I feel like a lot of girls get like started out in dance, but it doesn't mean they're going to like want to stick with it forever or feel like it's their passion. And so, yeah, that's something that really, stuck with me, obviously, <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, totally. Like it's it's something that obviously a lot of people do as children. Like it's a common activity. You know, you get into ballet and totally. tap, but then to stick with it, I was in dance my whole life for sure. So I like get it. But then to go that. into like, I know, I listen. I That's why I'm a big Dancing with the Stars fan because I oh love my dancing gosh. my whole what life. Did you do all styles? Like what was all your All styles. Thing? My thing was like mm-hmm. lyrical and like classic okay. jazz was my favorite, but I did cool. all the styles. I know it was so fun. So I would like watch Dancing with the Stars and be like, oh my God, I want to do this. It's so cool. But it's, it's such that. a different experience to like get into the ballroom competition from like, just like, you know, oh, we are doing ballet and some after school activities. Like that's a intense path. So how did yes. you, like, did your mom like had to have to do research because you were interested in going to the next level? Like, how does that even work? So I grew up and I actually still live here in Utah. And I don't know if you know that Utah has a very, very strong ballroom background. I would say 90% of the dance studios in Utah, when you say they train all styles, ballroom is included in that. So I feel like wow. a lot of other places in the world and in the country, I guess, it's like you have your jazz, ballet, hip hop studios, and then you have ballroom, which is completely separate. But the studio I grew up in and a lot of studios around where I grew up, ballroom was part of it. So at eight, I'm already like, I mean, I remember the year before I started competing, I was already watching the older girls in the classes above me, like going to ballroom competitions. I would see them in the classes, like with their partners training. So it was very much something that was already like on my mind. And I think it wasn't until I turned eight that my mom and dad were like, okay, we're ready to like add another thing to Lindsay's schedule. So luckily we didn't have to go anywhere else. We had the same studio I was already training at, already had ballroom instructors, some of the best in the world. And some that like, I still like am crossing paths with all the time. And there were lots of boys that danced. Like a lot of boys were already interested in doing ballroom. So I'm very lucky because I know that that's not the norm. I feel like most people that I know that are dancers, they were like, you either did one or kind of the other. It was kind of like these two different worlds. But that being said, like it is an entirely different world. You've got your jazz, like convention competition world, and then you've got the ballroom competition world and they are completely separate. They're both just as busy. You have to commit to both. So it was definitely a learning curve. And like, I was the oldest, like I said, so my parents really had to like, be like, okay. And they, they didn't do it growing up. So it was a learning curve for everybody of just like, what in the heck is this crazy world and how do we navigate it and make it so it's, it's awesome and a good experience for our daughter. Cause it, it can be intense and also hard at the same time. Totally. Totally. And like very stressful and probably like, I can only imagine, cause I did dance competitions just for a couple of years, like probably to nowhere near the level you did even in middle school, but that it was like, like you were, you know, to not be picked. Like there's a lot of, I feel like effect on your self-esteem. Like, did you ever notice or feel that way growing up that it kind of affected your confidence at all? That's the thing is I, I know that everybody has had different experiences. So I don't want to say that this can't be a negative, but for me, I really feel like because I did it my whole life and I started so young, it really first got me used to being criticized. And because criticism is not always like a bad thing. Like sometimes that's something you need to hear. And if you're trying to better a skill, you're going to be told. Now being criticized sounds a lot worse than receiving criticism. That makes sense. Like I think there is definitely a fine balance and there's a way that it can be delivered. And there were definitely times in my dance, like growing up life and also my career where I feel like I was criticized in a way that wasn't productive, wasn't helpful. But for the most part, I feel like it was very helpful for me at a young age to be used to somebody telling me that I wasn't doing something the right way to encourage me to try something new to sometimes be tough on me and make me work harder at something. And I feel like it helped my confidence because 
in a way it helped me understand that like if I put in the work and I I do my best and I improve and really dedicate myself to something, I'm going to receive better feedback for it. And that boosted my confidence in that way. Now, of course, I don't want to say that I never had moments where I struggled with confidence because that is definitely a thing. But when I look back, it's like I am grateful for those challenges because I feel like they helped me find my confidence more securely rather than just like relying on what people were telling me or saying to me. And I feel like that there's almost like two different ways to view and also give critique. And it's like the difference of you're not a good dancer or you're not good enough or you're not talented enough versus you are so good and so talented that you can keep improving. And it's like both as the person receiving the critique and the person giving, it's like there are both different ways to think about it. So it was... I see how it's a good thing that you get used to learning. Okay, people believe in me. People know I can do better. I can do better. So to keep growing rather than seeing it as I'm not good enough. Totally. But then on the other side, like I have gotten those, I'm not good enough and you're not good enough and you're not ready. And being able to hear that and then push through and still maintain and know, okay, I am good enough. I feel like that was really important for me in building my confidence because you will get that in life. I mean, everybody does. Whether you're a dancer or whatever career you do, you're going to have people that tell you, you're not good enough. Quit now. You're not going to get it. You're not as good as this person. Or like you said, like at dance competitions, like it's pretty brutal. Like you don't get picked for things. You don't get the scholarship. You get last place. You don't even make it to the next round. Like there's so many little ways that it can really chip away your confidence. But I think the pushing through and continuing after is really what builds it. Like, yes, it might knock you for a second, but the fact that you come back and I feel like the fact that I was encouraged to come back made me realize like I might not be where I need to be right now, but I'm not going to let that stop me and let it like keep me down. Totally. And focusing on that part of like, I can grow and that's what matters. That's awesome. Exactly. I, I mean, auditions too were like brutal. I can only imagine that they're, they were tenfold for what you were doing. I remember when my first audition and they like tap you and they're like, thank you to like, excuse you. Like, no, we're not going to use you. And I remember my first being like, you're so welcome. And I just kept dancing because I thought, thank you meant you're doing great. And it was so (laughs) embarrassing and so sad. So I can only imagine the shit that you have gone through. So how did you like move through those moments that maybe you did kind of question, am I good enough? Yeah, it's interesting because growing up, like in the convention world, competition world, those kind of auditions very were very different to me than they were when I like moved out to LA and was now like, this is my career. The stakes are higher and it was different. It was very, very different. So I mean, growing up, like you said, you have those competition or the conventions where you go and you're dancing in a room full of people and they're like, no, cut, cut, cut. I feel like it's a little bit less personal, if that makes sense even though it's devastating, I don't feel like you're getting as much feedback. Moving out to LA and starting into that world of like auditioning, it's pretty crazy. Because first of all, half of it isn't even really about your abilities, if I'm being honest. Like I remember going to an audition, standing in a line, them just literally looking at us. We didn't dance. We didn't do anything. They looked at us and they cut about half of the line just from looking at us. Now they're not saying like, you're not pretty enough or you're this or that, but it was just so clear that you're just like, whoa, like a lot of this is about the way you look, about things that are totally out of your control. So that was interesting in a new world for me because growing up, I'm very grateful. I never had that. I know there are a lot of people who grew up with a dance environment that was about body shaming and that. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful that I did not have those kind of people around me growing up. I didn't have those kind of dance instructors, coaches, anything, but I know that's a very common thing. So it was kind of that first time where, like I said, I never went to an audition, had someone tell me like, you're too big or you're too small. But it was just very clear that like a lot of this is about what we look like and about the first impression. It has nothing to do with how hard we work or how incredible we are at our skill. Sometimes it's simple as just like, eh, I don't like the way you look. And so we're not going to hire you for this job. So that was interesting. That was a big taste of like, whoa. And then it was like that at almost every audition. And then of course, like after those cuts, then we'd get to the dancing and it'd be interesting. Cause yeah, you just, you go in, you do your best and you think you did good and you just, you get cut and you're like, can you at least tell me why? That was always a hard thing for me is just like, I wished sometimes that I got a little bit more feedback because then you could like guide where you're going to go and what you're going to do. But I quickly learned that like, 
it's very rarely feedback that's going to help you for the next audition because everything was just so different, if that makes sense. Like they were always looking for something so specific. So I really had to get used to the fact of like, this just wasn't the right job for me. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough. It just wasn't the right fit. And that's, I think what's helped me like overcome those moments of like being told no. That's really amazing that you were able to look at it like it is has nothing to do with my talent. It has nothing to do with my worth. It is simply because this is not the opportunity that's a fit for me and there will be more. My ego could not handle that audition process. So like, that's really amazing that you were able to see that and that probably helped you to keep going on rather than getting so exhausted of all the no's and knowing there's something for me out there. I mean, I'm grateful that I could see it that way. I wouldn't say it was always like, positive, but I definitely was like, okay, well, I either quit because I'm so devastated or I push through and understand that like, there's going to be something that's the right fit for me. So just keep moving, moving forward. I'm so interested. How like gnarly is the professional dance world in LA? Like I can only imagine that it's pretty insane. I mean, it's insane. It really, really is. You have the best of the best all in one area trying to do the same thing. It's intense. And I feel like For me, I grew up in a very small town of Utah. Like everybody knows everyone, everyone's friends, everyone's family. And you go out to LA and I don't want to say it's cutthroat, but it is like everyone's there to work. No one's there to just like lounge around, be friends. And not to say that there's not people that are, you can be friends with. Like I had made so many incredible friends, but it's just a very like busy work mentality place. So it's very easy to get caught up in that. It's very easy to get insecure about whether you're doing enough. It's just a very much like, everybody's there to work. So if you're not working at that moment, you feel like you're a failure or yeah, there's just a lot of like, it's like a busy energy type place, which some people thrive off of. To be honest, I don't. That's why I am living back home in Utah. Like, <laughs> I just, I couldn't, if I'm not working in LA, I, I couldn't live there because I think that's just kind of my personality type. I need to have like a grounded place where I can come back and relax and feel like I'm like content. But then for what it's worth, it's also amazing. Like like I said, you have the best of the best coming out there. So much talent, so inspiring. Like I remember being so inspired and so just blown away by some of the people that I'd end up being on auditions with, some of the choreographers I get to work with. Like it's such an inspiring place and it's definitely a place to go to pursue your dreams as a dancer. I think like for that commercial kind of that kind of world. So it's like, it's got so many pros and cons to it as does everything, but it's definitely, it's definitely pretty intense. I can imagine like, it's, it's cool though, that you were almost like able to filter out the bad from the good. Like you were able to filter out where a lot of people probably fall short of like how much insane pressure there is. And then focus on like, wow, this is so inspiring. I can raise my standard of what I believe I can accomplish because of what I have access to and what's around me. So I think that's really good and like a good tip for people who like want to go into an industry that feels really intense to look for those pieces of it, to look for like what's inspiring to you instead of letting the pressure of it take over. Absolutely. I think that's key. The pressure can get to you and it can be overwhelming and it can make the experience not fun. And there were definitely times where I let the pressure just completely consume my life and it it sucked. You're like, I'm not happy. Like I need to also be happy. Like, yeah, I want to be successful and do all the things I want to do, but like, I need to at least be enjoying it. Otherwise, what is the point? So that is a really good thing. And I mean, it's hard to do, but like trying to maintain kind of like control the pressure that you're letting get to you is really important if you're going to choose that as your profession. Did you ever get to a certain point? Because I've heard this from dancers, but also like actors, singers, anyone who has kind of like an intense process. Did you ever start to feel like you were over dance or like resenting dance at all? Or was it always just the pressure of the industry, not dance itself? So yes, um, I've talked about this actually a little bit, but I, so when I moved out to LA, I was very fortunate to already have booked Dancing with the Stars as a job. Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't know you booked that soon. Wow. It was kind of crazy. I graduated high school, did So You Think You Can Dance that summer. Then I went on tour with them. And then that following spring, I did Dancing with the Stars. So when I, the very first time I like moved out to LA and got my own apartment and started that whole thing was my very first season on Dancing with the Stars. So that was really cool because starting off right away, I'm like, I've got a job. I've got this. Like I'm killing it. I actually was asked to be a professional dancer on my very first season. So I was paired up with a celebrity partner. I was barely 19 years old. Oh my! And God. it was like, 
full on, full force. And I was like, I've made it. Like I am at the top of the <laughs> this game. This is it. I yeah. And then I had to do like in between the seasons, there's like a three month break. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Then I get thrown into kind of like the depths of the dance world, like going to the auditions, being a little bit like, also I shared this and it's like public knowledge, but none of the dancers on Dancing with the Stars know for sure if they're going to be used every season. Really? We are told, not even kidding you, weeks before we, weeks if we're lucky, maybe a week or a day, a couple days before we start rehearsing, whether or not we've been officially picked up. So in between that time, I'm sitting there like, I think I did good enough to get picked up, but I don't know. Like I have no idea. So I've got to just go in. So then it was going from having a consistent job for three months to, okay, I might have a job again in three months. I might not. So I've got to dive in and do the audition process and just make money where I can and take whatever I can get. And then the next season rolls around and I actually did not get picked up as a pro. I got picked up as a backup dancer, which is a total demotion. Um, it's still such an incredible job. Like if I had gone on the show as a backup dancer from the get-go, like that is the coolest thing ever. Like I would never think that, oh, this is such a lame job. It is the coolest job ever. But it was very hard for my 19-year-old mind to wrap around the fact that I was at the top of what I could have been. And then clearly I was not good enough. And they were like, we don't want to lose you. So we're going to just have you as a backup dancer. That was really hard. But I was like, you know what? We're going to be okay. We're just going to do it. And hopefully maybe I can like prove myself to become a pro again. Um, I ended up sitting in that troop or it's called troop, but it's backup dancers. Essentially. I was there for four seasons. So two years. Um, and that was tough. I remember the first year being like, I'm proving myself. I've got this. By the time the third season rolled around, I was kind of like, Okay. And then the fourth season was very hard for me. It was a tough time in my life because it was just at this, I kind of was at this point of like, am I ever going to be good enough? Like I got this taste of what I know I wanted to be doing, but then very clearly was told, I mean, it wasn't like a, Oh, I, oh, I wonder if I wasn't good enough. It was like, yeah, I wasn't good enough for that. They didn't think I was ready. They didn't think it did a good enough job. So we're just going to have you here. And it was discouraging. And I remember that last season, like at the very beginning, I kind of, I was in a weird spot. Like I wasn't very happy. I remember just being like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not happy out here. And I was trying so desperately to like be this perfect version so that I could get what I wanted. And I finally just realized I'm like, well, I'm not happy doing this. So I'm just going to stop trying to be something and I'm just going to be myself. And if that's not good enough, then clearly this isn't the job for me. And so I just finished the rest of that season and I just did the best I could. I was the most myself I think I'd ever been on the show, just very much my personality, not trying to fit a certain mold, like trying to be like this girl or that girl. Cause I real that's what I was doing. I'm like, maybe if I, if I'm more like this, then they'll want me. Or maybe if I'm more like this, then they'll want me. But I was like, screw it. I'm just going to be myself. And it was actually that next season that I got picked back up as a pro. Um, they were like, we feel like you've improved so much. You really did. Like you really proved yourself last season. And I was a pro. And then I went on to be a pro for like 10 seasons after that. So it was like, that was the lowest point in my career, just of feeling very, just like, I didn't know who I was and I was trying to be something. And I realized that that was like the worst thing I could be doing. So it was a good turning point, but also hard for me. <laughs> oh my God. No, I feel like that's a thousand times harder that you got a taste of the top and then yes. you were told you're not yet good enough for the top. So good. like that would is way worse than if you were just in the troop for four seasons. And then, you know, like that's way worse. Cause yeah, you were almost, I know it was hard. Yeah. That has got to be so hard, but what a cool lesson to realize if I'm just myself, that's actually what works. Like yes. holding myself back are all the, the voices in my head of like, you should be like this. They want you to be more like this. You're not good enough. And so to just be yourself, like what a, it's almost like cliche because it's so true, but it's such a good lesson of like that, that is what helped you get back to the place you want to be. Was it like your personality that they like seeing or like, what was it that they look for? That's the thing. I don't know. And nobody on the show was like telling me like, this is what you need to do, or this is what you did wrong. It was just very much like a, I mean, I just kind of knew and I, I don't, I don't know. I imagine that it was very much, first of all, I learned so much in those four seasons as a backup dancer. I watched all the pros. I saw how they, like, I, 
I really learned so much. And as I look back, I wish so badly. Like, I think it was so good that I had that time because it made, by the time I came back as a professional dancer, I was ready. I knew how the show worked. I'd seen the ins and outs. I'd watched so many different celebrities on the show. So it was such a good learning time. And I think I'm, I'm sure they saw that I learned so much and that I got more comfortable on camera, that I was willing to like show my true self a little bit more, but no, like there, we never had the conversations of like, you're not doing this and you need to do this. It was just kind of like, kind of me just coming into my own and understanding who I was as an artist and as like a person, a TV personality, like those are all things that we really have to like learn about yourself when you're in that industry. It was probably a huge blessing that you did get a few years to almost like, like it's your education, right? It's like, your version of college was getting to see how it's done and how, you know, the people that are really successful at it and, and how to interact with the, the celebrities and like it to get it, that education was probably invaluable. Oh, it was amazing. And it's funny because I look back at my first season and I'm like, they weren't wrong. Like I was not ready. I was not ready. I was too young. I needed to learn so much about my choreography style, my teaching style, who I was as a person. So it's like I, in the time, in the moment, like you don't, you don't see the future. You don't see like, oh, I'm going to learn so much. You just see the now. But looking back, I'm like, I'm, I'm really grateful that it worked out the way it did. Cause that's what made me the person that I am and the person that I was and like have been able to be on the show is because of those years of like learning and growing and shifting and changing. So I'm really grateful for it. That's a really good lesson to look at rejection as just like a learning opportunity to be better next time you get an opportunity like that or something that you want to do. So that's a really good lesson. I am always like blown away at the, just like the concept of doing what you guys do on that show, because you not only have to be like such an incredible dancer, like the top dancers in the country, but you also have to be an amazing choreographer, be super creative, be a TV personality have good like repertoire with the celebrity. Like my mind cannot wrap itself around the amount of things you guys have to be good at. Was it ever like a lot of pressure for you or did the TV personality part come naturally? So you nailed it on the head because I feel like a lot of people don't understand. Like they don't get all the different nuances that require that are required to even just do your job. Not even to be good at it, but just to do just the job. Just to do it, yeah. Yes, just to do it. But it's one thing to do it and one thing to like be good at it. It takes time and it takes adapting and it takes patience. And I feel like there were some things that came naturally and some things that didn't. A lot of things I had to learn. Being a TV personality, talking on camera is something that... I feel like became more natural over time, but I wouldn't say like right off, like I feel like right off the bat, like it felt, I felt pretty comfortable, which was nice. But I think it's because I had that time to kind of really like prepare myself. But I would say one of the biggest things I've learned and I still, every season you learn it and every pro will say the same is really learning how to adapt and work well with any celebrity partner that you get paired with. That to me is like, the key to being a good pro on the show is being able to adapt to your partner. Because it's one thing, you can be the most incredible choreographer, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be a good choreographer for your celebrity partner because they're not dancers. They're not professionals. Like it's, it's very important that you know the ins and outs of how they learn. So your teaching style shifts every single season. Some of my partners are visual learners. Some are Like they need to be talked through every single thing. They need to have every step explained, how their body's moving, why it's doing that. Some of my partners can hold a beat and count music. Some of them literally can't hear a beat to save their life. Every season is like, you're kind of starting from scratch in the sense of you're not just following the same like guidebook of teaching. You really have to adapt to what works for your partner. And then on top of that, you also have to, it's like you're, you're, getting married for a couple months to this person. Like it really is like a marriage. Like you've also got to be patient, understanding, encouraging. You have to communicate well. You have to understand that they're going to get frustrated. You can't take it personally. You've got to be like their biggest cheerleader, but also be tough on them. Like there's just so many nuances. And it's funny because I feel like I say this often, but I feel like Dancing with the Stars is probably the best preparation I could ever get for being a mother because it really is like you're working. I'm not, not like my partners have been children, but like they are coming to you 
needing to learn something that they've never done before. And you're responsible for them. You're responsible for guiding them through that entire process. So I always kind of joke that it's like, that was probably the biggest help that I've had for learning how to be a parent. I totally see that. Yeah. Cause it's like helping each individual start from scratch. And also it's like building up their confidence. Like I, I also feel like you guys are, have to be therapists too, because you're helping them through the process and like all the emotions that come up, like you are there to do that also. So like, I feel like you guys must be masters at empathy or like the ability to like connect with other people because you have to learn it so much. I think we all are doing our best and sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's tougher. And I think like, like I said, it's like you're getting married to this person and some marriages are easier than others. So you just like, you never know what you're going to get. I am super lucky that I have always had such an incredible relationship with my partners. I've had some of the nicest, most awesome people. That's not to say that like we never have moments because every single, I, and I tell my partners this at every, like beginning of every season, I'm like, if we make it far in this competition, I promise you there will be a day where you want to literally kill me and I'll feel the same (laughs) about you and we can push through and it's okay. And it's perfectly normal. Like it's going to happen. We're going to have moments where we don't agree. We're probably going to have little moments where there's little riffs or a little tension between us. But like, if we just promise each other to work through it and understand that that's normal, everything's going to be fine. And it happens every season and it's never a problem. It's always just like, you're just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of an intense work and a lot of pressure. So it happens, but it's so fun. Cause I always, I always say, I'm like, I feel like my closest partners are the ones that I got to those moments with, because when you push through it and like really come together and understand that like we're in this together, it's such a team building moment for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. The things that you guys have to go through together. It's crazy. What tips do you think helped you over the years, like build trust with someone? Because I think you probably have a lot of good advice for anyone out there who's looking to connect and build trust with other employees, even like friendships on a different level. Like I, I feel like you probably have really good advice. I think the biggest thing I learned is just being willing to hear somebody out. Even if you don't agree, even if you're like, oh my gosh, we don't have time for this. Or like, let's just like, just let's just move on. No, giving them your ear and actually listening is so important. And I found that like with my partners, I feel like those are the times where they trust me the most. Even if I don't come to an agreement with them, at least if I listen and give them an ear and like show them that I genuinely care about what they're feeling or thinking and make them feel like this is a team rather than just I'm telling you what to do, that's where I've built the most trust with my partners. And that's where I feel like then they're willing to also hear my side. So I would say communication and just like being willing to compromise and listen is the biggest way to build trust with somebody that you, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like I'll meet my partner, I'll meet them for the first time. And a month later, we're like best friends and like telling each other our deepest, darkest secrets because you have (laughs) to build that trust so quickly. So I think that that's honestly probably the biggest key is just being willing to compromise, listen, understand, and try to see their point of view. That's really good advice. I have such a side tangent question that I'm just so curious your answer because I feel like every season there's always romance rumors about. So I I just feel like it's got to be so weird for you guys. Like I feel like especially with like the male pros, there's always rumors about them with their celebrity partner. Like why is that? Just because it's like ballroom is such an intimate thing or like like what are you guys thinking about all these rumors that come up every season? So it's so funny. It's expected, but I actually, I answered it. I did a Q and A on my Instagram the other day. Cause I'm married. I have been my whole entire time being on the show. Well, not the whole time, but for a very, very long time. So I get asked this all the time. Like, how does your husband who my husband's not a dancer, how does your husband handle watching you do all these dances with your partner? And does he ever get jealous? And I answered it. And I, I think I kind of like explained it in a way that really emphasizes why I feel like people see this and think it and why it's most of the time, not the case. We as dancers, like when you watch a movie and you see the lead actor and actress in an intimate scene, you're not thinking that means that they're together in real life. Like I don't even think your minds go there because you're watching a movie. So you're not even really thinking of these two people outside of this movie. You're not thinking of them as like, real life characters with their probably other spouses and kids and everything. Dancing is very much acting. Like we are telling a story with each dance that we perform. And 
that doesn't always mean that that's a real story that's really happening. And there are sexual dances. There are dances that are really steamy and passionate, but nine times out of 10, that's not what you're actually feeling. You're portraying a story. You're putting on a show. Now, that's not to say that there aren't moments where people maybe feel that or it's a real thing for them, or there sometimes are actual little like flings going on on the show. But it's funny because I feel like that's what people always gravitate towards. And it's always because they see these like steamy, passionate dances and they just assume that that means that that's actually what's happening. But it's not. It's not always what's happening. There's a way that you can portray characters and like put on a show without it having to be real life events, if that makes sense. No, that's a great point about like, you don't question movie actors. So like, and it's the exact same thing. I think too, it's like that, like when they're standing there before the judges and and you're kind of like holding on to each other, people are like, oh my God, do you see how he's clutching her waist or, but I'm like, but I just feel like, like in dancing, you're so rooted in your body that it's, you're connected to your, like physically, but not sexually. You know, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. Cause it's true. It's like, I don't stand around with any guy besides my husband with my arm around him, just like chilling. <laughs> you just don't cause it's not really, but I do that with all of my partners and it's because you get like, it's hard to explain. I mean, I've never had any romantic connection with any of my partners on the show and you better believe I'm hugging them, doing <laughs> yeah. all the things because for me, it's like you, you get this like family trust between the two of you that it's like all of my partners have either felt like a father figure to me or like a brother, or I feel like that's how it's always been for me. And it's interesting because also it's like, you think about like having your arm around each other, but then you think about the moves that they, that we were just doing on the dance floor where noses were touching or like (laughs) our legs are wrapped around each other's waist. So you get to a place of comfort, but I think like, at least for me, it's always been like this comfort, but there's also so much respect there. So it's never been anything more than just that. And I think that's what a lot of people have a hard time understanding because you're thinking of if you were in normal everyday life, yeah, you're not going to probably be doing that, but it's very much not a normal situation that you're put into. It's very different. So it gets you to this place of comfort much faster than it would in regular life, if that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense that it's like a physical comfort, not an intimacy. Yes, or attraction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Which which makes sense. And I'm sure maybe not, but like I would think the producers probably tell you like it would look awkward if you're just standing there next to each other. So like do so you know, I'm sure that there's yeah. some kind of I mean, awareness of no that. No producers too. ever told us, but like you would know. Like you're they would be so weird. Like you're in this together. It's like your teamwork and you're like getting and that's the thing too, is you go over to the judges and you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, we're holding each other's hand or <laughs> you're thinking, crap, what are the judges gonna say to us? And it's like right. that, it honestly like a little comfort blanket. And that's what I feel like us pros are for our celebrities. Like especially the guys. I do feel bad because I feel like the guy pros are like reamed if they put their arm around their partner or like comfort them. But you've got to understand that in that moment, those celebrities feel like little children who are scared out of their minds, hoping that they get validation from these judges are so nervous about what they just did. Like that is comfort at its finest. It is not anything more than that. It's really truly like, I've got you. Like no matter what happens in these next two minutes, if they say our dance was terrible, if we get the lowest scores ever, like I've got you. And I think it just really gets mis like misinterpreted as like, oh, they're trying to like slip a fast one on. I'm like, no, that's not what's happening at all. So I think it's just, it's interesting to put yourself in the mindset of like, like if you were in that position, you would want that. You'd need that comfort. You'd need that like, oh my gosh, please just like help me get through this next little bit. Yeah. No, that's such a good point that it's little like a like a little hug of like, hey, like it's okay. I yeah. got you. Like I'm I, here. Exactly. I always laugh. I think like it probably helps with the rating. So like I'm sure you oh, guys yeah. have fun with it. Yes, exactly. I mean, for the most part, nobody cares. We're like, sure, talk about it. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. It's listen, no, there's no such thing as bad press. So keep it going. <laughs> Well, some people might say that. I'm like, That's I true. can feel like there's a couple things that are bad. <laughs> Probably some things we wouldn't want out there, but yes, That's exactly. so true though. It's so interesting. Okay. So speaking of, I know that you recently in the past year announced your departure from Dancing with the Stars after 10 years. Yes. yes. So that must've been so crazy for you. Why did you make this decision? And was it really hard for you as hard as I can imagine? 
Yeah. It honestly was super hard. And I, I tell everybody like, even though it felt like I was like, I'm retired, I'm definitely not closing the door on the show. Like I would love to come back. I would love to like, look at ways that I could still be a part of it. But essentially what happened is it just, it was no longer fitting my lifestyle with my family. And that was hard. It's something that's been a a part of my life for so long and just kind of been this consistent, like I always did dancing with the stars. Like it was a part of my year. It was a part of like how me and my husband like worked out like our schedules. Like it was just so much a part of my life and who I was and also very much part of my identity. Like it's kind of like, it was my thing. Like it was kind of all that I did with my career. Um, so then when I got pregnant, I had my first daughter and my identity changed so much, which I love. I love it so much. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me is being a mom. And I still went back and did a season as a mom with my daughter. And it was different. It was very, very, very different. I went into it a new person with new priorities, new passions. Um, My mentality changed on a lot of things. And it was hard. It was really hard. I now like, I couldn't eat, sleep, breathe, dancing with the stars. I could maybe like eat it. And then I had to sleep and breathe my daughter (laughs) a little bit of it, but then I was a full-time mom and that was what I wanted to be. And so it just, it became hard. And then a big factor of this last season was we were actively trying to get pregnant, which we did end up getting pregnant. So that worked out very well. I I can't wait to hear about that. So happy, but it just timing wise, it just, it did not feel right. But when I tell you it was the hardest decision I've ever made, like literally I've ever made in my life. And it took a lot of like thinking and I cried a lot. It was tough. It was making that call to the producer who I've known for, had known for like 10, 12 years at that point and letting her know was the hardest call I've ever had to make. But I knew it was right. And I knew it was what I needed to do. So I'm grateful that I made the right decision for my family, but that doesn't mean it wasn't hard. But then the peace I felt since and like the joy I felt watching the show last season, I think that was also scary was I was like, am I going to watch and just feel just like a regret pit in my stomach the whole time? And I didn't. I felt very proud of the decision I made and grateful that I got to watch and be a fan and just enjoy and it's been really good. So like I said, it's like, I don't, I don't at all feel like it's like I'm done forever because I would love when the timing, if the timing ever feels right again, to be a part of the show again. I could see you being the host. Do people ever say that just because you have such a good personality? I just could see you doing that, like just using that part more. And then you have commentary or a judge too, because you'd be great at that also, but that would be all so fun. That's a dream. I would be all about that because that is such a fun way to be a part of the show, but you're not doing like the every single day, 24 seven situation. Right. Cause I can only imagine with a young kid with a newborn baby, it's probably impossible to have all the insane rehearsal times and, the, and like going to LA, like your family's not even based there. And so that's probably really taxing on you. So I, I'm sure that you feel like you made the right decision or I hope you feel that way. Cause I can imagine that that's a hard thing to juggle both lives because they're very conflicting. I do. I do feel very good about the decision and it's, it is hard and it's not impossible. That's the thing. Like there are some moms on the show and I think biggest thing for me was just kind of the up. Cause like I said, our, our home is here in Utah and kind of just uprooting our life. Just, it doesn't feel right. I feel like my biggest thing right now in motherhood and the thing I've learned the most is like time freaking flies when you have babies. Like I I think it does no matter what, but when I say my life feels like it goes at 50% faster pace than it did before having kids. And I just want to enjoy and live in every single moment. And it's like, I kind of feel like I had my time where I was present and in and like fully invested on my, my thing with dancing with the stars. And now my life has shifted and I want to be fully in on this and not miss a beat, not miss a second and never look back and be like, Oh, I wish I had spent more time or done this or done that. So I think I'm just kind of going with that and we'll see where that takes me. Maybe in a couple of years, I'll feel different and want to be more in and other aspects of my life as well. I'm sure you can always get back into it. You can always be a pro later. And I, I love that prioritization, the stereotypical, like quote, you can have it all, like all that bullshit of whatever that people always like to ask women about. And I forget where I heard this from, but I I know someone has talked about it. Like you can have it all, but it means that there's different seasons for different things. And the point is just being present in that. So like you are super present in your entire 10 years on Dancing with the Stars and you had this incredible career and did what you love. And that's how you have it all. 
And then now you can be fully present as a mom and there for your kids. And and that's how you have it all is because there are different seasons where there are different priorities. It's not doing all of it every day. It's having different parts of your life that all add up to one very full life at the end of it. So I think you're, I think you're doing it right. Well, thank you. It's so true (laughs) though. It's like the pressure of, it's interesting because I would say like six, seven years ago, you'd be getting shamed if you were a mom trying to work. Like, why are you trying to work? Like just be a mom. But now I feel like it's a little bit like, well, just because you're a mom doesn't mean you have to quit your job or you have to do this or that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that, but it's also okay to shift priorities once you become a mom. Like it is okay to do that as well. And it's been so cool because in, in doing this and kind of making this shift, I've discovered so many new passions that I love to do that still give me that sense of like, I'm doing things for myself and I'm pursuing my passions. And I can do that while also being a mom and finding things that work better with the lifestyle that I'm in and like this time period that I'm in in my life. So I think it's cool how I've been able to kind of shift that mindset a little bit, but still keep me and still feel like I've got my own things going and have it work with the lifestyle of being a mom. That's interesting that I I actually, now that you say that, I'm like, that's so true that we have almost have counteracted of now it is like, even if people want to be a stay-at-home mom and that's their full-time job or a full-time mom, I should say, because that's the real term for it, then it's almost like shamey in that way. But you're right. It's just like, do whatever feels best for you. And like, that's the end of it. And you... You're certainly not just a full-time mom, which even that in itself, I know is a lot of freaking work. So that could be enough. But I want to talk to you about the movement club because I don't want people out there thinking either that you're just like, oh, I quit dancing. I'm not like, you're still a very busy person. Like you're doing a lot of shit on top of being a mom and being pregnant. So tell me about the movement club. How did that come to be? And what is it? Like, what do you want to, what do you want the world to see the movement club as? Yeah. So like you said, it's like, I, I know myself and I could never just not, I could never be idle. Not that being a mom is idle at all. But I, I think for my sanity, for my like mental well being, I've got to have things that I'm passionate about that I'm working at. I think just growing up as a dancer and always having something that I was learning, growing, working on, I've got to have that. But I will say it was terrifying when my life started shifting because I'm like, what am I going to do? All I knew in my career was dance. That's all I knew was dancing, being in LA and being on Dance with the Stars and working that kind of industry. That's all I knew. So it was 2020. Um, it was my first pregnancy. I knew I wasn't going to be doing the next season because I'm like, I would literally be 30 weeks pregnant at the start of the season. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a part of this next season. What am I doing? And this was the start of such a huge shift in my life. And I'm so beyond grateful for it because it was a place where I was terrified. And I'm like, what What do I do? That's when I really started to pursue my career on social media and really trying to grow in that area and understand that this is work I can do from home. This is something I can do in that sense. Started a YouTube channel with my sisters, just very much trying to expand my horizons in the way that I like put myself out there. And then... I'm at home, COVID hits, and I can't go to the gym anymore. I'm like 12 weeks pregnant. And I'm just like, what? Like, how am I going to also then keep my physical like well-being up? And how am I going to keep that part of my life and like make sure I'm still giving myself that? Because that's huge for me. Being a dancer has been the biggest thing for me mentally, physically, like it really has just kept me in check and really helped me like stay accountable. And so when I was in this place where I was no longer dancing, I couldn't go to the gyms. I couldn't go do all my workout classes I was normally doing. I then was like, I'm sure there's a lot of online programs that I can join. And I felt like there was just a huge gap in the online fitness platform area. I felt like you either had the like pristine, top of the line, best shape of their lives and fitness instructors that were like doing all of these workouts that you're just watching. And for me, when I'm first time pregnant mom, body is changing, was not in the best shape of my life. I felt very intimidated by it. And I was just like, I don't want to join that. Like, I don't think it's going to make me feel good about myself. I don't think it's going to be encouraging. If anything, it's going to make me feel like I'm not good enough. So there was that. But then you also had pregnancy specific programs that to me, I was like, but I still kind of want to challenge myself and push myself and have the options. And so that's where I decided to start creating my own workouts. And I really was like, I am 
pretty sure that there are other women out there who feel the way that I do. And that's what sparked the idea. And I'm like, there's got to be. So I'm going to start a program based on all of the things that I feel like are missing and the things that I wish I could see in a fitness program. And my biggest, like, my biggest mantra starting was it was all going to be about just moving your body not for anything other than the case of moving your body to feel good. Not because we're trying to tip the scale one way or the other or get these like six pack abs. Because at the time that I'm creating this program, I'm literally gaining weight every single day as I should in pregnancy. My abs are just gone. Like they're just gone. My body's shifting. I'm getting bigger. There's certain things I can't do. And I just understood and really like emphasized to myself, like how much that all doesn't matter and how movement is just meant to make you feel good and help you through stresses, emotional issues that you're going through, and then also physically. So that's kind of what started the program is just let's make a program that is for anyone, no matter what level they're at, whether they're in the best shape of their life, they've never worked out before. Maybe they're pregnant, postpartum, maybe not feeling super confident in themselves. And let's create a program that fits and meets everybody where where they're at. So started filming. I was actually 25 weeks pregnant when I started filming the first videos that I put on the program. Yes. Crazy. Cried every day. Was like, why am I doing this? I had so much like imposter syndrome. Literally. I remember talking to my manager, like I look terrible. I'm like, my clothes don't fit me. Like I'm just, I'm getting bigger. Like why is anyone going to want to work out with me? Why would they want to like join this program? Because like I said, I feel like all the other programs you joined it. Cause you're like, I want to look like her because the instructor is like, this perfect physique, which not to say that that's a problem. Like that's amazing. It's so awesome. And like, it's more just that it felt very intimidating and kind of hard for me to wrap my brain around. So imposter syndrome, every step of the way, just like, why am I doing this? Why would anybody want to join this and work out with me? But I committed and I decided I was going to do it. I finished my last workout Before I was pregnant, I filmed it. I think I was like 36 weeks pregnant. We launched the program shortly after I had my daughter with 40 videos on the platform. And then I kept it up with doing one new video every single week after that. Um, And the response was just so incredible. Like I could not have ever dreamed that it would be so just encouraging, uplifting people being like, this is what I've been looking for. Like a program that has so many different options that works for everybody that isn't intimidating. Um, the program has workouts that range from five minutes up to 30 minutes. 30 minutes is the longest workout I created because I also had people like me in mind, people who don't have time to go to the gym for two hours don't even have to go time to go to the gym for an hour and want to probably most of the time work out at home, no equipment necessary. So that's how I designed all of my workouts. Less is more. And the mentality of anything you can do for your body is better than nothing. Whether that's a five minute stretching session that you could fit in for your day or a 30 minute full body conditioning. Um, I also wanted to make sure that it had a range of workout types. So I'm the kind of person who really likes to switch it up. I don't want to do the same thing every single day. So we've got everything from like hit cardio, dance cardio, dance instructional video, Pilates, sculpting and toning, yoga, stretching. Like we've really got such a wide range, which I'm really proud of because I feel like anybody who hops on the program can find something that fits their, what they're looking for. It feels very welcoming, which is so unique, especially for, I think, fitness and fitness industry in general is very kind of like intimidating because it's like, okay, you got to get a goal. You got to keep improving. You got to be better. You got to like, there's always a lot of like growth mindset that is obviously great. Like it's motivating for people. But at the end of the day, I think it's very stressful and it very as much the mindset of like, you are not good enough as you are. Whereas I feel like what you've done and really focus on with the movement club, even from like the root of it, like the very initial videos have been, this is just coming from a sense of like right now, as you are move to treat your body. And that's a very different message than what a lot of fitness platforms have. So I think it's amazing what you've done. Well, thank you. And it's, it's true though. Like, I think, I mean, I think back on the 
journey. I started the program launched at the beginning of 2021. The first videos you see on there, I am pregnant. Then I'm working out and putting out videos through my whole postpartum experience. So it's not like I have these pregnant videos and then all of a sudden it jumps to me like in the best shape of my life, like whipped (laughs) back into shape after pregnancy. Like, no, like people experience me going through all the motions of getting back into, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say I ever got back to pre-pregnancy because I don't think that's a thing. And I never wanted that, but kind of getting back into my strongest like self and then going through that. And then also now going through my entire pregnancy, which has been the coolest thing because I am probably the most excited I've been about something in a while is for my pregnancy program that will be launching in like about a month. I decided at the beginning of this pregnancy, I've been wanting to film a pregnancy program for a long time, but I'm like, I want this program to be a full out pregnancy program that you are coming with me from start to finish of my pregnancy and working out with me along that whole process. So I started the pregnancy program along with keeping up with my weekly videos that I always put out there for my regular program. But I started filming my pregnancy program as soon as I found out I was pregnant. So I'm launching this in less than a month and it's going to be a full guide from week four, from the day you find out that you're pregnant all the way up to week 40. And all of the workouts are going to be in real time of me actually being in my first trimester, in my second trimester, in my third trimester. Like I'm literally finishing up the filming as we speak. Um, so oh it's, God. it's been so cool because I, and I really like, I'm, I mean, I love it because I wish during my first pregnancy, I had a program like that where I was working out with somebody who was in the exact same space as I am feeling the things I'm feeling knowing kind of the shifts and the changes in your body that are going on. And so I'm really excited to give that to people and to help guide them through their pregnancies and really give them like something that they can kind of feel like there's a community behind them. So very excited for that. I also am super proud because I actually got... So I'm a certified personal trainer. I already had that certification. But before starting the pregnancy program, I was like, I really... It's very important to me that I am pre and postnatal certified. So I got that certification, which was so beneficial going throughout the program and like knowing how to guide people and like what is actually okay, what's not okay. And it's just been the coolest thing for me. And also the best thing for me, because it's held me so accountable throughout this pregnancy to continue to move my body, even when it's hard, even when I don't want to. And I, I very, I'm very much real about that in my videos. Cause I understand that like it's pregnancy is hard. It is the hardest thing that your body will ever do. And I want people to feel like they're not alone in that and understand that there's days where you probably don't want to do anything and that's okay sit down on your chair and do the five minute seated stretch with me. And there's just a lot of options that I've put in there to kind of help people feel their best throughout their pregnancy and feel like they're able to give time to themselves. It's such a good idea. Cause it really, it like for something that for a lot of people can fear, feel very isolating and lonely, it's bringing such an intentional community, even if it's someone behind in their living room, watching your videos, you know, it's bringing a sense of belonging to a, a time in a woman's life that that they need it. So I think it's so cool. And there's like, I'm trying to think of all the other fitness platforms. I've never seen prenatal, any kind of workouts that's along the same stages. Like you see a lot of like even people that are not pregnant, but have been pregnant and kind of teaching them, or you've seen women that are maybe in a specific trimester. Like I've seen a lot of women that are in their third trimester showing, but I've never seen, here's me currently in my first trimester in my yeah. second, like I've never seen that. So it's so genius because I, I think that that adds another layer that women who are going through a pregnancy really need. It's yeah. so cool. It's such a great idea. I can't wait to try Thank it whenever you. I'm pregnant, whenever that may be, whenever the universe brings that. I know. I'm so excited to try. It's so I've cool. got you covered. I well, can't I'm so wait. excited too. I'm so excited too. Well, thank you. It's going to be, I'm really excited. Like I said, it's just been such a long time coming because I mean, it's been over 10 months that we've been talking about this. And I knew I'm like, I don't want to just bust it out and just put it out there. I want it to like come out in real time. And then I'm also really excited because after baby, as soon as I'm cleared to work out again, I'm going to do the same thing with a postpartum recovery program. So, so smart. So yes. smart. Oh my It'll God. So I can't cool. wait to see it all. I'm so it's excited. So cool. the postpartum, I'm like, we'll see how long it takes me to do that, but <laughs> it's going to be in real time. So I'm like, after baby, I'll start filming that as soon as I can. And I'm really excited to showcase that as well. Such a cool idea. 
Well, I know, as you're saying, speaking of pregnancy, you are, are pregnant with your second daughter, correct? It's another girl. Yes. Congratulations. So what, what are some of those big things that you want to teach both your daughters? Oh my gosh. So many things. So, so, so many things. I really hope to just instill in them to like, oh gosh, it's so hard. I want so many things for them. And I feel like <laughs> sure, that's, that's a hard question. Really, yeah. <laughs> so many things, but I think I really want to help them find things that they're passionate about that help them feel like they can accomplish something and help them build that confidence and understand that confidence comes from within and not from outside sources. And I think the best way to do that is to help them pursue the things that they're passionate about, no matter what it is, have things that they can work on and goals that they can achieve to really help them boost that inner confidence and understand that they are good enough for anything that they put their mind to. I also think that I really just hope they understand that being themselves is the most important thing to never try to fit in, to not ever try to change for somebody or something and just know that who they are at their core is enough and to be proud of it and to be like just comfortable in their own skin is so important to me and something that I think is such a good lesson to learn, but it's hard to teach. So wish me luck. And I hope that I can do it. I think it's, it's hard to teach because a lot of it comes from experience and I hope I can guide them through experiences that teach them those lessons. I think also a lot of example, and you have obviously set that example in how you live life that I think that they undoubtedly will pick up. Well, thank you. And that's so true. Yeah. Being an example, it's actually so crazy. My daughter is almost two and a half and we are learning quickly that she picks up everything that we say, do, think about. We're like, oh crap. (laughs) So we're really learning how to be better examples in our household right now. Me and my husband are like, okay, we should probably stop saying that or (laughs) so funny. Oh my God. They're they're so adaptable and just catch on to everything. It is absolutely hilarious. Like she now like, knows like our moods. Like she understands. She's like, mom, are you mad? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, I am. But how do you know that? (laughs) Like, it's really funny how they watch and they see everything, which is so special, but also a good reminder to be like, okay, make sure that I'm putting out what I want to put out there. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that's a funny transition. Cause all that they were a baby where you could do say anything they wouldn't know. And then all of a sudden now she's picking up everything. Yes. Literally. It's like me and my husband used to be able to sit in the car and have conversations about whatever we wanted to. And now we're like, she'll chime in and we're like, oh, (laughs) forgot she was back there. Like we got to watch ourselves here. So it's really funny. And it's been a fun shift of like her just gaining her own personality and really learning every single day something new, which is really fun. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's never a dull moment. No, there is not. And I don't think any <laughs> moments are in the future for me either when yeah, we're going to have two. So. <laughs> got a lot more excitement in the future for sure. Exactly. Two girls. It'll be so fun. Okay, mm. Lindsay, I have a, a few rapid fire questions to quickly wrap up. This is going to be a hard question. Your favorite Ooh. celebrity dance partner, or you can pick your favorite season. Because I don't want to make you pick a favorite if you don't want to. (laughs) That is really hard. And I really like, I'm not trying to be like politically correct. I could not pick one single partner that is my favorite because they are so fun. My favorite season has got to be season 25 with Jordan Fisher because we won. I mean... It was just a very memorable moment. Sure. Finally got the mirror ball. He was definitely the best like ability dancer that I had, um, celebrity partner. So when I say I could do so many fun things with him, choreographing with him was my favorite. It was just, I had a lot of freedom as a pro because he did have the ability and the talent to do it. So that was probably one of my favorite seasons as like a dancer. I got to dance. I got to really choreograph and then we won. So that was really special. Yeah, that's an iconic season. You guys had so many good dances. It was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. It was so fun. I'll never forget. Okay, next question. Some of your favorite wellness rituals or anything you swear by to keep you healthy in your fitness journey and especially as a professional dancer? Ooh, okay. I will say my fitness and wellness rituals have shifted since becoming a mom and they shift every other month because my schedule is different. And I think that for a while was really discouraging because I just like, I wanted to have this perfect routine every day and this aesthetic routine that was just like so great and awesome. But letting go of that was huge for me, understanding that every day is going to be a little bit different. Um, now this is kind of weird. It's not really like a 
routine, but water is like key for me drinking enough water, staying hydrated, especially throughout pregnancy. But just in general, like I literally have my Stanley cup sitting right here full of love it. I cold water and I, I notice a difference. I notice a difference in my skin, my hair, my nails, the, my energy levels, the days and the kind of weeks where I'm not as on top of being good on my water intake. So I would say that that is like huge. And one of the most consistent things, because it's something that I can do no matter what my schedule looks like that day. Yeah. It is a good beauty tip too, because it does affect your skin so much and your hair. And so that's a great tip. Yes. I guess that's my tip for today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Your go-to breakfast. My gosh. Okay. Terrible. (laughs) I don't really eat breakfast. (laughs) I am the worst. I will say I, before getting pregnant, pregnancy kind of threw everything off because every day I want something different. Some days I want absolutely nothing because nothing sounds good, but I am a big smoothie girl. I share this a lot on my Instagram. I'm consistently like getting creative with my smoothie recipes. So I love a good smoothie in the morning. I feel like I like it because it's light. I can drink a smoothie and still go work out. I kind of am weird about like eating a big breakfast and then moving because it makes me feel very sick. So a smoothie is always something that I will go to. So I feel like maybe my ideal breakfast is smoothies. But if I'm going in, like it's the weekend and I'm like, you're <laughs> out to brunch. Yeah. We are going like full hard. I would want like avocado toast, biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy is my all time favorite. My husband makes fun of me every time I order it. He's like, <laughs> who are you? But that is probably my favorite. And then like some waffles with whipped cream and berries. So oh my God, very yeah. different, very I different breakfast. There. Two extremes. <laughs> I like it. You're in the sea. Yeah. yeah. You're like, that's my yeah, pregnancy that's stomach. Good. <laughs> Yeah, it's very good. I'm like, dang crap, I might need to look at that now. <laughs> like non-pregnant Lindsay and then pregnant Lindsay, two different breakfasts. Exactly. Very different people. <laughs> well, Lindsay, this was so much fun. So interesting. You are so sweet and so fun to talk to. Where can everyone find you? Let us know your handles on all social media and then where they can work out with the movement club. Yes. So all of my handles on social media are at Lynn's Arnold. And then you can follow at the movement club on Instagram and on TikTok to get like daily tips. I post a lot of quick videos on there. And then to join the program, you can go to movementclub.com. We have a seven day free trial. So there's literally no reason why you shouldn't just test it out and see if the program's the right fit for you. And yeah, I'd love to work out with you. So come join. Yay. Thank you, Lindsay. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.